Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our Inside Asia M&A podcast series. We are kicking off our series in 2023 with an episode on trends to watch for in Asian M&A transactions this year. In 2021, we saw record deal values of over $4.2 trillion in global M&A activity. However, there was a market downturn in M&A conditions in the second half of 2022, with deal values of only about $1.4 trillion across Q3 and Q4 combined, which represents a 33% decline compared to the first half of the year. This downturn was also reflected in Asia, although the region as a whole held up relatively better activity-wise than most others. So the key questions we will explore in today's episode are, Is 2022 just a temporary setback for Asian M&A? And how optimistic are we for 2023, given the resilience of the region? Will the top sectors across Asia continue to drive dealmaking, or are there other sectors that will catch up? What types of M&A deals, structures and terms do we expect to see in 2023? And finally, since we are almost three months into 2023, how have activity levels held up so far this year? My name is Irina Akentieva. I'm a corporate M&A partner at Herbersmith Three Hills based in Singapore, and I'll be your host today. I'm joined today by two guests, Tommy Tong, a corporate M&A partner based in Hong Kong, and Joseph Fisher, corporate M&A partner based in Tokyo. Um, Tommy, Joe, welcome to the podcast. Let me kick off first, perhaps with a first question. Do you expect that we will continue to see a downward trend in Asia in 2023, Or will there be a bounce back in activity levels? Um, Tommy, perhaps first over to you. Thanks, Arina, for hosting us today. As you say, the global markets were badly hit last year due to a combination of factors, macro and geopolitical. We're by no means out of the woods yet, and there's still a lot of uncertainty globally, in particular on the medium-term inflation and interest rate trajectory. There's, of course, the ongoing Ukraine war, and the other geopolitical tensions going on. For Asia, though, I think the picture looks somewhat positive for 2023. We're certainly not expecting to see the same kind of declines as we saw last year. A few positive factors we see will favor M&A in the region. On the macro front, compared to the rest of the global economy, the region is seen as a relative bright spot with some strong fundamentals. GDP growth is expected to outpace Most Western economies this year, the IMF and the ADB, they're both forecasting growth rates of about actually over 4%, despite the economic uncertainties of volatilities. India, in particular, is forecast to continue to achieve a high annual growth rate at over 6%. So M&A activity has stayed relatively strong. There was a sharp drop in China in terms of deal volume last year. It fell about 20% overall, but it's still relatively resilient in Southeast Asia. India and North Asia. So this was partly due to some investors pivoting away from China into some of those markets during the second half. There's also a huge amount of dry powder in private capital waiting to be deployed. Public market valuations have come down quite significantly from the extremely inflated levels of 2021, and the same has been happening in the private markets to an extent. So valuation gaps are certainly narrowing. So we think that corporates looking to expand, as well as financial investors, will be looking for quality assets across Asia this year. For China, the first quarter is also showing signs of recovery after its opening. It's early days still, but the February 
manufacturing PMI print last week was strong. It was, you know, it's surprised to the upside. And we've just had the government announce its GDP growth target for 2023 of about 5%. We do expect the reopening of Chinese economy to unleash a lot of M&A. You know, you have businesses trying to effectively make up for lost opportunities for organic growth in the last two years. And of course, China's policy to upgrade its local industries and its push to become a consumption-based economy will also drive domestic and cross-border M&A. Lastly, I, I would just also mention Hong Kong. It will continue to play a key role as an M&A hub to structure investments both into and out of mainland China, especially as the vision of the Greater China Bay Area continues to play out. So just pausing there, Joe, what are you seeing in North Asia? Thanks, Tommy. So I think for Japan, after COVID hit, corporate Japan became very hesitant to do outbound transactions. Now with the gradual resumption of normality post-COVID, I feel like corporate Japan is going to be playing catch-up. So almost regardless of the worldwide trends, I'm confident that we'll see an increase in outbound M&A activity coming out of Japan in 2023. Looking at Korea, I think it's fair to say that the Korean corporates were not so hesitant through the COVID period. But in a similar way, you've got a number of deep-pocketed Korean blue-chip companies that will be looking for growth via strategic deals. And I think that we will see these in 2023. Irina, I don't know what your thoughts are on Southeast Asia. Thanks, Joe. To echo the sentiments um, from you and Tommy, we expect activity levels to be strong in Southeast Asia as well. It is a region that is well poised for growth. It's also reasonably well insulated from some of the headwinds facing Europe and the US. And there's obviously growing consumer economies across the region. And we've seen continued relaxation of foreign investment regulations, all there to support investments within and into uh, Southeast Asia. In 2022, together with Singapore, the countries we saw sort of the highest M&A deal values were Indonesia and the Philippines, and we expect to see that to continue in, in 2023. In fact, we conducted a survey of over 200 businesses and legal industry leaders in November 2022 at our annual Asia M&A conference, and the participants there believed that the best M&A opportunities in Southeast Asia come from Indonesia, with the Philippines close second. So certainly the investor sentiment is there to spur M&A activity in 2023 across Southeast Asia. Having looked at the different markets and expectations we see across the region, what are we seeing across the sectors? Do we think that popular sectors such as TMT, will experience some slowdown or do we still expect to see continued activity in there? Tommy, again, perhaps I turn first to you. Well, in 2022, the top sector in Asia Pacific by deal volume was industrials and chemicals, followed by TMT and financial services. We do expect these sectors to remain at the top. The energy sector will also be on the radar. China's national industrial upgrade policies have created a lot of demand for the industrial sector, and we expect this to continue to attract more investment. Likewise for tech. The tech sector has actually really expanded in its scope in recent years. It's no longer limited to deals 
involving specific types of companies like telecoms or internet companies. Technology now is very much an enabler of business in virtually every segment, meaning companies are using all sorts of technology to drive efficiency and profitability, for example, through digital transformation, automation, AI, etc. So we think tech is going to remain as a dominant theme this year. And of course, renewable energy. This is a major focus for China as part of its five-year plan to modernize its energy system. So sector-wise, renewables in a way straddles the energy, industrials and tech sectors. I would echo Tommy's thoughts on that. I think we are seeing technology as a part of every transaction, even transactions where the principal asset of the target company may sit in another sector. There is very often a technology element which makes the target attractive to to the buyers. It was interesting that when we held our Asia M&A conference last November, private equity investors rated technology and infrastructure as the two most attractive sectors for them over the next 12 months. And I think we've been seeing that play out. But also, as Tommy mentioned, you know, we shouldn't forget about the sort of industrials and materials sector. It, it may not get the same sort of headlines that technology gets, but the deal values tend to be very resilient. And there are a number of big corporates who are looking to achieve inorganic growth in, in that sector. Irina, I don't know if you had thoughts about sort of energy in the energy transition sector. Thanks, Joe. In the energy space, I think Tommy's already touched on it briefly. We certainly expect to see renewable energy to continue to drive M&A activity across Asia. And interestingly, you mentioned private equity players as earmarking infrastructure as one of the two most attractive sectors for investment. Increasingly, renewable energy is falling within that sort of infrastructure space. And we have seen and continue to see and expect to continue to see increased interest from private equity players in the renewable side of things, particularly across Southeast Asia. But I should also mention that activity in Asia across the entire energy sector remains high, and we expect that to continue into 2023. In the traditional upstream oil and gas, we've seen continued portfolio rationalizations. And with the ongoing war in Ukraine, the resulting high energy prices have meant that the activity in the upstream oil and gas sector has picked up. Whether that will continue long term will, I guess, depend on the broader energy market. But the energy transition and the renewables will continue to drive M&A activity, not just in the renewables, but also in the new technologies such as hydrogen, carbon capture and and similar projects. Our recently launched Global M&A Outlook 2023 report looks at the current market conditions and explores the potential drivers of resilient deal activity. From balance sheet planning to the hunt for transformational deals, this report covers all you need to know to make informed decisions about M&A activity in 2023. Download the report now at herbertsmithfreehills.com. You can find the link in the podcast description. And now back to our discussion with Tommy and Joe. Uh, Joe, what do you think in terms of particular types of M&A deals, terms or structures that you expect to see more of in 2023? Are there any particular trends you can draw out? Thanks, Irina. Yeah, I'd like to talk about ESG terms becoming more and more a focus of M&A deals. 
and also to touch on carve-outs as well. So for ESG terms, we've seen increasingly over the last few years that it's something that buyers and sellers are paying much more attention to during the M&A process. For buyers, they look to consider the wider business of the target, which includes its supply chains and the associated reputational concerns with those supply chains. And this is something that they look to dig into during the DD process. Depending on what they find, they may also then look for specific ESG-related contractual protections in the sale documents, including specific ESG-focused warranties or indemnities if there are identified mm-hmm. issues. From a seller's perspective, sellers are becoming increasingly concerned with ensuring that they negotiate a responsible exit from a target company and get insurance that the buyer will run the business with integrity going forward. The way that we often see this play out is that there will be enhanced post-completion undertakings being sought from buyers, from sellers. In terms of carve-outs, carve-out transactions are definitely making a return as, as large corporates realign their portfolios through divestments and go through a process of shedding non-core assets. In all forms of carve-out transactions, it it, it becomes increasingly important that you need to prepare in detail in advance of speaking with buyers as to do a successful carve-out, you need and protect the value of the target company. It needs to be very organized and the seller needs to be very clear on what assets are going to sit inside and outside of the perimeter what the steps for the reorganization is going to be to achieve the carve out and also to work out what the pressure points are in terms of planning. And that includes things like licenses that may need to be transferred or approvals sought as a result of the carve out. Tommy, I wonder if you had some thoughts on on other trends that we may be seeing in M&A. Yeah, just to chip in in from the private capital, private equity side of things, we do think this space will be more active this year as valuations stabilize a bit more. And for the more mature assets and controlled deals, we expect a lot of competition for quality assets. So deal terms may continue to favor sellers there. We've seen WNI insurance continue to develop in Asia as sellers increasingly want a clean exit from transactions. We also expect there to be more transactions of smaller sizes and less of the very, very large ones as a reflection of the current risk appetite. For businesses that are in their earlier growth stages that are more in need of capital to survive, their bargaining positions are going to be a bit less strong. We also expect holding periods to be extended and the secondary market to be more active as the go-to exit avenue given the volatility in Asia capital markets. The other feature I think we will see more of is in relation to regulatory and compliance issues. Given the emphasis on ESG, as Joe has mentioned, and the ongoing geopolitics, we do expect investors to demand more deal protection for regulatory non-compliance, including on environmental issues, anti-corruption and sanctions and the like. Irina, um, what about in the energy space? What sort of trends are you seeing on deal structures and terms? Thanks, Tommy. I think probably the biggest trend and the biggest change over the last 12 months, which we expect to see to continue into this year, is 
the strategic joint ventures between sort of traditional large energy companies and green technology companies, particularly companies operating in sectors such as hydrogen, battery storage, EV. We're seeing a lot more venture venture capital style investments, a lot more sort of almost private equity style deals, which were not traditionally a feature of the energy space. And it's interesting to see that trend coming through and those investment structures being adopted as the energy players seek to join forces and fund new and emerging technologies to help them achieve energy transition and their own net zero goals. Joe, I think the last question I wanted to raise is, what are some of the key issues or challenges that you expect private capital players, investors and corporates to pay attention to as they look to do deals in 2023? Thanks, Irina. I think a lot of it is falling out as a result of things that we've touched upon already. So with more difficult economic conditions around the world, in particular with interest rate rises, financing has become more challenging. So as you would expect, it's become more difficult for private capital players to debt finance acquisitions. As a result of that, that they tend to need to be more selective about their investments as they may have to put in more of their own equity into transactions. Another thing that we have touched upon is there is some geopolitical uncertainty and these situations mean that people need to consider more than just the target company as part of their M&A process. They also need to consider the locations in which that target company operates and how, how you know, their, home, their home country may interact with the countries where the target is located over the next few years. A related trend to that is around the world, we've been seeing a strengthening of foreign direct investment laws and merger control laws. So these are becoming more and more a feature of M&A transactions that mergers and foreign direct investment filings will be required by buyers as conditions of them acquiring targets. The last thing I would mention is a, a link to the tech transactions, which we've been talking about. With these being such a strong feature of M&A at the moment, not surprisingly, IP becomes a very heavy focus in the the diligence and documenting of these transactions is often the IP behind the tech is what is driving the value in the target company. And with that comes a real focus on where is the IP located? You know, what are the requirements for the IP in that jurisdiction? How easy will it be to potentially move it across jurisdictions at a later point? So, so I think those are some of the, 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 the trends and, and things that we are seeing in deals in 2023 and that people will need to pay attention to. And I really see them as falling out of the the broader points that we've discussed already. Thank you very much, Joe. And Tommy, perhaps to wrap up a, a final question for you as well. We've seen in the first month and a half of 2023, uh, a bit of a downturn in deal volumes and values compared to 2022. For example, according to Merger Market, from 1st of January to 15th February this year, Asia recorded about 880 announced m deals, down from about 1,250 deals in the same period. 
and also a decline of deal value from about 97 billion US dollars to 70 billion US dollars on those deals that disclose the value. What do you think explains the decline in deal volume and value compared to the start of 2022? Well, the global downturn in political tensions really properly hit M&A across the board at about the start of Q2, 2022. So it's you know not surprising that the first two months of 2022 was still going strong in Asia as it did in 2021. If we compare to uh, pre-pandemic levels in 2019, when we had about 400 deals during the, the same period, so 2023 has actually almost doubled in number in terms of deals and with a slight increase in deal values. As I mentioned, we continue to be positive about the Asia M&A market for this year for the reasons we touched on earlier. We'll obviously have to see how the full year plays out uh, compared to 2022. Tommy and Joe, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your thoughts on M&A trends and your predictions with our audience. And for our audience members, if you have any questions or comments on this topic, we'd love to hear from you.